Is that why people are named Spike, do you think? That's a good question. Like Spike Jones. Like Spike Jones or Spike the little uh, spider monkey from Ace Ventura? Yeah, detective. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Come on, Spike. Yeah, dude, Spike was awesome. I always wanted a little spider monkey because of that movie. And then one of my neighbors when I was a kid actually had one. And I guess he like imported it from Florida or something. And he said it was a nightmare. Was a little rascal, and he hated it. He got rid of it after two weeks. Yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, to have one at the zoo, you need like a full time staff. Yes, yeah. it's not like a cat. Yeah, like, where they're, you only, they're awful, you only need like dirty, a, dirty things. The cats. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I've yeah. got two of them. <laughs> cats. Ugh. Cats can't live with them, and you just you know sometimes you just have allergies, so you really just can't live with them. Or both. Or both. You know, sometimes you just can't live with them. Ooh, what was that? Oh, dude, are you doing the sound effects? Oh, uh, no, that's my phone. Oh, I, I was like, okay. Man's got the soundboard ready. Sorry, I'm waiting for a pretty important call. How important could are sort we talking? Pretty important. Um, okay. It could definitely affect the future of this podcast, to be sure, but that was not it. Oh. Sorry. That's awesome. So, so if my phone awesome. goes off, just know that it might be something really important. Oh, wait, is it awesome or not awesome? Uh, depends on the phone call. <laughs> so if it goes good, is it awesome? If should it I go- hope that it – well, I mean, you should always hope that something goes well, but I'm just – which way should I root? Uh, I, I mean, root for good. Root for good. I'm rooting for good. Always. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just in life in general. Well, unless it's for... Matthew Good. I don't really like him as an actor. I don't know who that is. He was in the Watchmen movie? I've you never the... seen the Watchmen movie. Oh, we talked about that. We talked oh, about it. I don't remember that. We talked about the intro to that movie is all those slow-mo vignettes <laughs> yeah. and doing Hardy Boys scenes. <laughs> Did we really? Yeah. That's awesome. That's such yeah. a great idea. I know. We, should, we could do it. Yeah. But oh. Uh-oh. There it is. Good things, good things, nope, good things. That's not the call. How many calls do you get? Sean, we, we're three minutes into the recording. You have two calls. I've only had one. I'm, yeah, I'm, normally I'm I keep my phone down. on silent or I turn it off. But given how pivotal this phone call could be, especially with regard to our podcast, yeah, I thought I should I should be here to take it just in case. I like and maybe, that. That's and a maybe smart even man. take it on podcast. So whoever this is, we can pressure them into saying yes. You know, it's, it's like Tommy Boy taught us. Why say no when it feels so good to say yes? And, and Sean, that ketchup is the— Ketchup popsicle. But I was just about to say that is the art of selling ketchup popsicles to a woman in white gloves. Ketchup popsicle. <laughs> is that our next Hardy Boy snack? The ketchup popsicles? You know, for the first time, the Hardy Boys meal in this chapter— sounded so good and we're recording this on a thursday night at 9 p.m yeah and i think there's nothing that i would enjoy more on a thursday night at 9 p.m than indulging in the meal that the hardys eat i have to agree a hundred percent it was so random but it was that random that i accepted it and there is a certain sort of sauce if we if did we ever determine if that's a sauce uh, I think we, we, yeah, by the definition of souse, 
<laughs> it is south. confirmed. It is it is south. <laughs> it's some of the salsi of south. And we're referring the to way, pancakes. We are referring to pancakes and syrup. And the way in which the syrup is presented, I was like, oh my god, that's gotta be a lot of syrup, right? What you know, I don't remember. I, I got hung up on the golden pancakes by themselves. It, it let's was, wait. Let's get to okay, it. We'll, okay. we'll explore it there. We, we will explore it there. But a quick action-packed chapter with some very Sean. weird. This is one of those. Sean. This is one of those great dog. chapters. I figured it out. <laughs> I figured it out. You figured like, it out. It's a fake call. You've set alarms. What are you talking about? Did you set alarms? Is this a real call? <laughs> I did. I. That's my ring. Yeah, I'm not. Okay. It's not an alarm. You know I get worked up. I gotta go to bed soon, and you're getting me all fired up. I didn't. I oh. didn't mean for that to happen. I'm so excited about this. I like good things. We Except all Matthew like good, good things. I know we do. Like this but... chapter. <laughs> I was starting to say before you exploded on me there <laughs> that this is one of those chapters where the pace is very slow at first, and so they really fill it in oh, with personality with traits. Uh, with with some of those candid moments that yeah you don't always get to share. I have a a moment that is just underlined that just says Sean loved this. There's I'm just excited. A moment. I'm yeah. excited to find out what that is. I'm excited to see if you comment on it first. I'm gonna wait and see, and if you don't, I'll have to call it out. Okay. But okay. I'm pretty sure it's something that that you're going to ping on. I think you enjoyed it. All right. I'm excited and I to hear. Say, it. This. Oh, is that the call? Actually, oh, uh, no. <laughs> Sean! Sorry about that. Oh, that was actually, I think that was me. Did I just call you? I don't think you called me. I wouldn't, no. <laughs> I wouldn't have looked at it just now and ignored it. And been like, <laughs> sorry, that was David Pitt calling me. Well, I yelled Sean, and Siri likes to, you know, call whatever you yell, or at least in my case. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching the Apple announcement uh, last week about the new phones and a new HomePod, and they were talking about all the new things that I'll just say that she does. And every time that they say it, my phone and my iPad, like everything in my room is going off and like (laughs) listening. Hey, no, it's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay. What does this call entail? The... The call that might be coming this evening yet while we're on the podcast? Yes. Suffice it to say, it could have lasting ramifications on the future of our podcast. That's all That's all I'll say for now. Okay. Okay. Because, you know, I, I have this whole EPK that I've told someone to write. And I'm curious if he wrote it and if he's calling you to let you know that he wrote it. And, you know, we'll... We'll go off and we'll send this to local newspapers. You have an idea for a pizza at CPK? At CPK, yes. Uh, crunchy okay. Pizza Crunch. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. The second crunch is with a K. Got it. Yeah. Like Rice Krispie <laughs> treats. <laughs> exactly like Rice Krispie. It's the Rice Krispie pizza. Okay. Sean. Okay. okay. Dude, we got all these ideas. We got chicken dipping dots. We got chip and dipping and dots. And now we've got our Rice Krispie treat pizza crust. Yeah. Uh, oh my god! Which, I didn't think about it as a crust. Well, as a crust, it would be gluten free, wouldn't it? Rice Krispies. Yeah, it's yes. rice. It's not. Yes. This 
Sean's Sean. big. <laughs> I know it is. Hello. Okay. McFly. <laughs> we need to open up a restaurant. I think it is all leading to that. And we can say we were inspired by all the wonderful dishes of the Hardy Boys. I think I know who we could hire as a head chef. Keith Mees. Keith Mees. I agree. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the only friend of ours who can cook. We have other friends who like to cook lasagna without sauce. And if a, if a man is trying to sell <laughs> and lasagna charge sauceless. $600. Oh, my goodness. I asked him if he accepted wampum, and he told me no. It was upsetting. It's during. Is that the call? Oh, actually. Hello? Oh, my Hello. God. Uh, disconnected. Call Before. back. Didn't hear it. It's a hidden number. That that's why I don't know. That's why oh. I have to keep looking at it. Yeah. Okay. I like this. This Mystery. is mysterious. I know. Yeah. Who's calling you from a hidden number? Give me a hint. Chapter six. Chapter six. Chapter six. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold I like on. that as a motif, by the way. <laughs> Chapter six. Chapter six. A perilous, a perilous slide. slide. Nice. That's good. Which, okay, I guess I get the title now. In yeah, a sense. it's it's the only <laughs> thing that happens in the chapter, <laughs> which in no way affects or advances the plot. No, well, I was just like, just like in the first book when they're in the tower and the like railing breaks away and Joe falls into space, and after that he was never the same again. Yeah, it didn't affect the plot. It didn't like lead them to like he fell through and landed in a room that had another clue in it that they yeah. wouldn't have found otherwise. It's just like, oh no, I almost got hurt, <laughs> but I didn't. Now, where now let's were get we? Back to the story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hundred that percent. That's over. Which small tangent we don't do tangents very often so let's go ahead and do one we have been uh, fully on topic for the first 10 minutes of this podcast say i i knew exactly what you're gonna say dude i know you i know you're i know your body i know your body so um that is a real phenomenon though like when you go to space it's hard to adapt back to earth because you've seen the earth in a different light to where you come back and you have just existential crises. They did a movie on it that's based on a real astronaut called Lucy in the Sky. And it's got Natalie Portman and John Hamm. And I loved it. Keith hated it. I highly recommend it. It's hard to find. Okay. I'll so check that's my it tangent. out. Yeah, it's a good I've play. seen the – there was a really cool documentary called um... – oh, shoot. It's a beautiful space documentary. Oh, Sandra Bullock. Ah, yes. It, it was called Gravity. Gravity. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. That I saw that documentary. It, it was very interesting. You know, the whole time, like, does George Clooney make it out alive, you know, in that documentary or not? I mean, we haven't heard from him since they shot that doc. So I've been I, nervous. I really hope they do a follow up doc. After they go to trial, and like you sort of get that closure to find out what happened to George Clooney. Yeah, what? Oh, what happened to the person whom George Clooney was playing? It was obviously a reenactment. Oh, so George he, Clooney wasn't in space. It was just he's an actor. George Clooney is an actor. I thought he was an astronaut. No, he was playing an astronaut. Um. Uh, 
they filmed the whole they did film it in space oh my god well um, yeah i mean that's a given but it's based on a story of a guy who in a spacewalk what like drifted away into space yeah and they're they don't know like they don't know if he came back or if it's something where he he is gone forever you know, or did he float to another planet and settle there well shot you know what i heard i heard that he was still in communications with elon musk and he actually asked Elon if he could send him some sort of space vehicle. So they shot up this – it's called like a Roadster. It's a Tesla Roadster that they shot in space for George Clooney to actually go ahead and explore the rest of space. Wouldn't that be cool if you were like stranded in space, your spaceship floated away, and you'll know you'll never get back to it, and you're just sitting there like – this is it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, this sweet convertible floats by, <laughs> blaring David Bowie. Yeah, yeah I was like, going to say. Actually, hey. <laughs> hey, what's in the glove box? I, I do hope that it's actually, it's just a classic song. I want the boys are back in town to be playing. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. You know, that's a hot track. W- wasn't the, the Roadster they sent into space? I thought it was playing uh, it is Space played. Odyssey. It is playing Space Odyssey. That's good. Which they also sent out a golden record into space, which I forget what it all played, but it was, I don't know, they gave some sort of directions how to get to Earth from each planet. They tried to do hieroglyphics of deciphering what a human a human actually is. And yeah, it had a golden record that had a bunch of, I guess pop culture hits at the time i think it had some fdr speeches or maybe a jfk speech on it too so there's a bunch of stuff just floating in space okay yeah i hear there's a lot of space in space maybe that's why they named it space you think so that's too obvious it's funny we don't know whether that guy is still floating out in space or not just how in this moment we don't know whether Chet and Biff are floating out in space or not. That was a good segue. Uh, I was waiting for it. Thank you. <laughs> well done. Uh, so where did so we leave off? When, when we last left them, uh, they had gotten a phone call late at night from Biff's mother, and then they checked with Mrs. Morton, and uh, Chet and Biff are missing. Yeah. I, I'm laughing because I just have something underlined, and I look back at you, and it's your name for this chat. Uh, <laughs> it tickled me. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, get us started. Take us into it. Startled by the news, Joe sat bolt upright in bed. Chet and Biff gone? They vanished after the party. I, I don't know who's saying what here. So I apologize. I think Frank was on the phone. Okay, so he is. Chet so Joe is asking, Chet and Biff gone, and Frank is responding, yes, they vanished after the party. Who was that on the telephone? Suddenly, Suddenly yeah. asked a deep voice. In the doorway stood Fenton Hardy in a robe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks for that detail. <laughs> gonna, for all the stuff that they leave unsaid, yeah. for all of the details, all of the action, all of the clues, all of the context that they leave out, yeah. made sure to include the robe. He's got his robe. You know, it's just how he rolls. He's a robesman. 
Was it a Technicolor robe? Are we going back to that? Who else? Wasn't someone else wearing a robe? Weren't we just talking about the multicolored robe last last episode? Robes did come up in the last episode. Yeah. Who's ever writing this one? And I'm curious if it's our boy Leslie or if it's another ghostwriter. But whoever is writing this is obsessed with robage. No doubt about it. I wonder if it isn't one of those things where it's a status symbol. Like how he keeps talking about the private docs oh, yeah, yeah. and all that stuff of like, you know, I write books where people wear robes. <laughs> Which I have to imagine. You know, my you're... characters have extra large belts and robes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, by the way, an extra long belt seems like a very bad idea and a very annoying thing. I cannot wait to get to that. Yeah. It is my favorite part. Well, it's my second favorite part. My favorite part's actually coming up here. I find um, it another odd detail. I'm not done with the robes yet. The problem for me, the, the problem for me, this goes back to the Slim Robinson thing, which yeah. we're going to see even more of in this chapter of like, hey, people are missing. Maybe do something instead of not doing something. Yeah. Um, that but, comes, yeah, all throughout this chapter, that is an issue. But the robe is one where, like, if you're springing from the bed to see what was the matter and, like, oh, let's, you know, go find out. I heard the phone ringing. Yeah. You Just run there. Don't You don't stop. need the robe. Don't go get your robe and Gets put it on. Get the ascot on and everything, too. Yeah, lights the pipe. pocket square. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, fellows. <laughs> it is I, your father. Quickly. Frank told his father and Joe about the calls from Mrs. Morton and oh oh speaking of calls is this the call this is this is not the call you are so popular <laughs> goodness gracious Mr. Hardy promptly dialed police headquarters and identified himself to the desk sergeant have any accidents been reported since midnight he inquired as he listened the lines of his forehead <laughs> relaxed. And his eyes glanced I, over. I love that. Fenton Just passes the... out. Are you having an aneurysm? How many lines in your forehead do you have, son? <laughs> Sean is gone. He has too many lines in his forehead right now. <laughs> they I, I, they I like all melted like, away. Anytime I meet someone who has more wrinkles in their forehead, I'm going to ask them if they're worried. It's not just extra skin. It's not just how your forehead is folded. It's clearly this person is worried about something with all them lines. Do people them have crankles. wrinkly foreheads? I feel like you, you wrinkle your forehead when you raise your eyebrows. Yeah. But like, Oh, for sure. I don't know anyone whose default is a... Neanderthals, Sean. I thought that's just a pronounced brow, not it's the a, forehead. It's all that. <laughs> There's so many wrinkles from modern day drawings of Neanderthals because they've changed. They are are, are more uh, or are more uh, primate like nowadays. They've evolved. <laughs> they've evolved into more of a. Uh, they're a still around. Ape like face. Well, yeah, they're still. Folks are still two percent Neanderthal. If you check your DNA. If you do the 23andMe or the Ancestry.com. Which I don't. Which I also don't. But it is a thing. I would love to find out we're related to the Hardys. 
Sean, everyone's related to everyone. Yeah, but I want a close relationship that <laughs> that when I go to the Hamlin company and meet Harold Morley, I can be like, actually, my my Sean, great great grandfather was Fenton Hardy. Nothing is stopping you from lying about it, though. You can see what it gets you into. Like, just so you know, like, I am closely related to the Hardy Boys. People are like, I thought those were just books. Well, where do you think books come from, sir? I also know somebody who's written a book about a private doc. <laughs> so, just he saying. He writes many robed characters. <laughs> Maybe you've heard of an extra long belt. <laughs> You ever seen a landslide? Well, this man's seen two, and he wrote about them twice. He lived to tell the tale. <laughs> um, so I want to. I w- there's nothing I have until the middle of the next page. If you've got something we need to stop on, take us there. Nope. Uh, basically, it's just what Frank and Joe giving the rundown to his parents, and to just get- his dad at this point. Okay. Yeah, it's just a pops. And then uh, they realize that yeah. Chet just... and Biff were supposed to go camping. So now they're calling around to see if maybe yeah. they left early. Yeah. And Frank was saying, you know, I doubt it in this fog and not without telling anybody. So they dial the Hoopers just to make sure. And uh, Mrs. Hooper says that Mr. Hooper carries the boathouse key with him. If Biff and Chet had wanted to, to go earlier, they would have had to get it from him. And they didn't. Um, Frank tried not to show his mounting alarm. He tried to sound cheerful. He said, well, we'll keep looking for the boys. After saying goodbye, he turned to Joe and his father. This is serious. I, ha- I hate to disturb Callie, but I'll have to now. And I thought that this was going to be a great scene where, like, breaking the stoicism <laughs> of the moment, both Fenton and Joe sort of, like, wink at each other, knowing that they're about to hear Frank do boyfriend voice. Like instead of his like assertive, awesome detective voice, it's gonna be like, "Hey, babe, <laughs> babe, you sleeping?" Babe, <laughs> it's just Jonas Brothers. Or <laughs> I like, <laughs> I like to think he gets a cup. It's his phone cup, and he puts the cup next to his mouth like this. But you know, it's a it's a deeper cup, so it really deepens his voice. Yeah. So he's just like, "Hey, babe." Oh, hey, Callie. Yeah. It's me, Frank. Surfer Frank. <laughs> At the boarding house. Which I was I the was house thankful though that who was Frank just talking to? Whose mother? Was it Biff's? Biff's mom. Thank God Biff couldn't see his forehead in this moment because you know that thing was just lined. Pack of hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, just a full pack of ballpark Franks, man. Ah. Chatterfield, Chatterfield. Come Ballpark on. Franks? Yeah. <laughs> on Frank? You got it. You got it. <laughs> Which, that that works out. That is a real hot dog, though, right? Ballpark Franks? I think, for, yeah, Ballpark is a brand of hot dogs, and I believe Frank just means hot dog. Yeah. Okay. I did it. I did it. That's a Dreamcatcher reference. Donnie Wahlberg. Oh. Is this nope. the call? Nope. <sighs> Who was Actually, who? Eh? No. Who was that? Uh, I don't know the number, but it wasn't a hidden number. Uh, okay. So I assume. So well, actually, just... maybe I should have answered that. 
Well, Sean, we'll see, we'll see you, if that one calls Don't back. you mess this up for us, okay? <laughs> I've been putting all good things out. All good things. Sorry to bother you so late. Oh, Sean! Oh, were you going to do it? No, you let me down. What'd I do? He dialed her number. Callie herself answered sleepily, and I figured you would ping on that. Is that what you underlined for me? Yeah. I blazed right past that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, does it does it do anything for you right now? <laughs> no, I mean, I think once again, the author is showing he's impressed that... Okay. It was but Callie, yeah. Frank answered the phone in the Hardy house. And it wasn't Frank himself. It was Frankenstein. Ooh, okay. He's selling bagels now. Is it the, the, the Stein bagels? Isn't yeah. that a place? Frankenstein... <laughs> Frankenstein bagels. Yeah. I'm on a limb now. <laughs> Sorry to bother you so late, Frank said. That's good. But would you do me a favor, baby? <laughs> will you look up at the moon as I'm looking up at it? And we'll both make a wish together. Then just... <laughs> I wrote you this song, <laughs> Kelly. You're the most beautiful, beautiful. girl. Girl, girl, most beautiful girl. She's so most... beautiful. That's Joe in the background just chiming <laughs> in. Waiting for his part yeah. and the harmony. You're so good. You're beautiful. Yeah. It's right here. I'm getting high. <laughs> Take it down. Take it it's down. Just <laughs> Barry White and Aaron Neville yeah. voices. Frank with his deep, deep. Yeah. Joe just goes full Bee Gees with it eventually. Coming ahead. He's coming over to your house looking at the moon. So bright. So shiny. Come on now. Feeling good. Download the single available on iTunes. (laughs) Oh, lordy, lordy. Ah. Do me a favor. Peek out the window and see if Chet's jalopy is there. It was parked under the streetlight. After a short pause, he turned to Joe and his father. It's still there. Callie, when did Biff and Chet leave? He listened a moment. Thanks. We can't locate them. Nothing wrong for sure yet. We'll call you tomorrow. That was... That line was hard for me to read. I don't know how you just read it aloud. I don't get why... That's strange wordage. This is... This is akin to, like, a call from your parents that starts with, like, okay, before I say anything, everything's okay. Yeah, yeah. And saying that helps nothing. No, it makes everything worse. Everything is just what happened. Yeah. What happened. Yeah. And this is is the opposite of, like, well, Chet and Biff are missing. We're calling in the middle of the night. Their car's still there, but their parents have called us. But we'll talk tomorrow. See ya. (laughs) Have a good night. Bye. Bye, Pookie Bear. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Cali Cupcake. Ooh, I like that, the Cali Cupcake. Hey, I also like Pookie Bear. That's a Mark Wahlberg thing, isn't it? Is it? I've taken it from something. Oh, no, he does Pooh Bear. Hey, Pooh Bear. Hey, how are you, Pooh Bear? Okay. That's, That's a Wahlberg. Pookie Bear, I think, is actually Starsky and Hutch. I haven't seen Starsky, Starsky and Hutch, so I'm not sure that I would have taken it from that. Ah, but it's yeah. just a it's just a great little name. It is. It's a good little pet name. I yeah. love it. I love it. 
the pook. You, you can change your name to Pookie Bear for the next half. <laughs> I will. I'll go from David Lee Pancake to the Pookie Bear. Um. So Joe says, after they hang up, Joe's like, well, maybe the car's still there. They tried to start it, wouldn't start. And so they walked somewhere, and then they spent the night at someone's house on Cali Street, which is... I mean, even rewritten in the 60s, that didn't happen. You don't. No. no. Excuse us. We're just <laughs> two boys. Ignore this man's spider legs. Can we sleep here? <laughs> yeah. Did they, yeah. We'll a... spin a web out back. You won't even know we're here. <laughs> it's one of Biff's famous hammocks. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even fall out of it at night. You stick to it. <laughs> Biff. Biff is just up in the tree, and in the middle of the night, you just see him, like, rotating downwards on this fine little thread. He is just this little <laughs> spindle just coming down. I was going to say he's making one for Chet, and it just keeps getting tighter and tighter and coming up further and further <laughs> over Chet's face. He's, Biff, Biff, Biff. <laughs> Too tight. <laughs> uh, now, um, what I did ping on is... yeah. Frank says, well, let's go over and check the jalopy. Have you a key to the car? Mr. Hardy asked. Chet gave us one, Frank explained. Yeah. What? Yeah. Why, Chet? Yeah. Yeah. This is, I imagine this being like just the worst kind of like politician shakedown, strongman nonsense of, remember, they haven't shared any of the reward money with Chet for any of the now three cases that Chet has helped them yep. solve, uh, one of which his car was stolen as a direct result of the Hardy's uh, <laughs> involvement in the case. They stole his friend's car. Yeah. Uh, and so for them to be like, just give us a key, Chet. Why don't yeah. you give it? Just give on, us Chet. a key. Guys, it costs like $13 to get it's a gonna spare make, made. It's going to make sense for Give us... Give me Come the key, on, Chet. Chet. Come on. No, it's I not even guess. like that. It's it's not ba- it's not like it's not ba- requesting right. it's it. Stern. It's this like, give it. Yeah. Give me Come the key, on. Chet. Hand it over. Hand it over. <laughs> hey, Mister. Hey, Mister. What's, What's in, in the, the briefcase? Brief <laughs> What's in the briefcase, Mister? Hand it over. <laughs> uh, so they drive up. They start the car. Instantly comes to life, and they turn it back off. They're like, yeah. okay, so it wasn't that. Uh, and then Callie comes out. Ooh. Callie appeared in the doorway. Frank, Joe, what are you doing? She asked. I love Looking this. It's my for... favorite line. I, I've read it. So do, do Callie again. Uh, Frank, Joe, what are you doing? Looking for clues? It's just like, <laughs> so like, duh? Like? What do you think? Okay, we're the Hardy Boys. We have flashlights and people are missing. <laughs> We're playing flashlight tag. Do you want to play? It's yeah. It's three a.m. What do you think we're doing? We just started a car and turned it off in a residential street. Now we're looking for clues. <laughs> Shine our flashlights at people's homes. We wanted to have another gorilla dance. Yeah, everyone Don't worry, loved it. Callie. They thought we were popular when we did it last time. But let's keep it going. Remember this, guys? Gorilla dance, guys. Oh, oh. Anything? I'm going to I'm going to answer it. It's Take a it. number I don't recognize, but I don't think it's Let's see this. Let's Come see. on, baby. Hello. Oh. 
I need to actually answer it. There we go. Hello. No, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, Biden's that was it. people again. That was no, the call. That no, was just it. <laughs> no, oh. that was... <laughs> All right. You could have totally hardied him in that moment. You should have just read the dialogue from earlier. <laughs> just keep the telemarketer on. Looking for clues, Joe replied. But we haven't found any yet. Also, this is Joe with his ear pressed firmly to the ground. Oh, you know it's pressed to that ground. <laughs> There's a sinkhole there, too. dirt on the side of his face. <laughs> They're in Yellowstone, and he's just over uh, <laughs> Geyser. <laughs> <laughs> just scalding just hot. Indiana Jones is his face. <laughs> he, like, leans up. And Frank's like, Joe, is there something on my face? It feels weird. Not so much here or here. Yeah, but right here. Nope. Ship shape. Nope. Ship shape. Um, Chet and Biff had their costumes on when they left, and they carried the masks. They looked so conspicuous, they should be easy to locate. This is Callie. Yes. We'll keep trying. Nice. Frank promised. Yeah. Uh, he used the Shaw phone, which apparently has a reputation. Otherwise, you wouldn't. You would say the <laughs> Shaw's phone, not the uh, Shaw phone. We're talking about the Shaw phone, man. Yeah, that phone is awesome, dude. Street Sharks reference, but yeah. that that's a great phone. It's a Shaw phone. The Shaw phone <laughs> redemption. <laughs> Deepest I bliss. Should've... My head is like a Shaw phone. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, 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 I love this. That's a deep blue sea reference. <laughs> yeah, everyone got it. You know, you didn't have to tell us it was a deep blue sea reference. Uh, uh, too proud of myself. So too they called all the other boys. Uh, they called each boy who had been at the party. Chet and Biff were not with any of them, nor had Tony or Jerry heard from them. Finally, the Hardys headed for home. They gave their father the discouraging report and reluctantly went back to bed. Classic. How do you go Classic. to bed? It was and, instantaneously. And spare they a thought. They just hit the off button. Spare a thought for the 15 people that are also now awake yeah. and, and not <laughs> doing anything. All right, night. <laughs> oh, who was that? Oh, two of the boys are missing. Okay. Good night, hon. We'll deal with it after breakfast. Yeah. Oh, it's so sad. These uh, boys. This is the spot where I think we should take a break. Ah, yes. A quick commercial break. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and promise a new ad. Oh, you sneaky dog. And with that, the boys took a break. Break. And we're back. And we are back. We seldom say, and we are back. A lot of times we come in mid-conversation, and I, I tend to enjoy that. Yeah, it's a fun thing. I, I do like that, too. Like, when we start recording, I never know where you're going to bring in the podcast. It's fun. That That's fun for me to pick sometimes, because a lot of times I have to listen until the last time you make a fart reference, and then I start right yeah, after that. Yeah, then you that. start right there. That's probably a and, smart thing. And I mean, that is, in, for the folks at home, that is probably, I mean, these recordings sense, are usually about control, three hours long. You control when I start recording, 
Yes. Like instead of yes. saying go start recording now, you can just make a fart reference and know that I'll start right after that. That see, I'm glad that I know I have this power now. <laughs> what if I lose now, this power? <laughs> I had it and I lost it. Had it and I lost it. Man. You know, I lost it. I did. I had something and I lost it. That's fine. What was it about? When we, right before the break, the boys had gone back to bed, reluctantly, but back to bed. And so I was relieved by the next sentence, oh. which is... Sean, I have it now. Okay. <laughs> it's called tension. It's funny because the folks at home don't know that you actually rearrange all of my audio. So after we're done recording, you actually cut all of my you know, talking points into snippets and you hit a button that's... It just randomizes everything. And sometimes we get lucky and our conversations make sense. Yeah. And if they do, that's when I upload an episode. And that's when you upload an episode. Yeah. There are thousands of episodes. I know. I was going to say, dude, I can't believe we're already in This was supposed 30. to be a daily podcast, but, you know, only about one in seven one work in out. One in seven make it. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just the odds, baby. After a few hours of uneasy sleep. And that's the first time we've been given any indication in any of these cases when their friends are in peril or their father's that missing, been. that they yeah. have any issues sleeping soundly. <laughs> and, th and that's good for I – I just wrote good in the, in the margin because that was important yeah. for me. Yeah, I knew good. it would be. <laughs> um, so hurriedly they dressed and dashed downstairs. The father, Their father was already at the breakfast table. Is the breakfast table different than the dinner table, or do you? Is it the same table, but you call it the that's, breakfast table when you're eating breakfast and a dinner table when you're eating dinner? That's a good question. I feel like the breakfast table, to me, this is how my mind works, is going to be in the kitchen. In the kitchen, you have a smaller table, and that's where you have breakfast. You know, it comes out hot and ready. When you have dinner, you eat in the living room table, right? So you have like a, a different setting. You have a second table. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's okay. the bigger table. It's, I've, it's heard, more, I've heard the it's term breakfast table. room. Well, that's just strange. A whole room for breakfast? But when it's it's not actually a separate – it's like a part of the kitchen that's maybe uh, okay. separated by a counter. It's not I its get, own yeah, whole yeah, room, but yeah. like you call that the breakfast room. And sometimes you'll just take it to a little island. The, you know, Sometimes you'll just have a, a little island in the middle between the living room and the kitchen. And yeah. you'll just put the food on there, and you'll stand and eat. Or you'll have those stools, those tall stools. Yeah, some, some high back. Uh, oh, no, not, not chairs. You, you sit on your, your tall stools. Like, you just had a, a bunch of Taco Bell or chili, and you oh, just yeah, have yeah, massive yeah. Like, like stools. A like, a, like a big old steaming pile of stools. <laughs> 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 oh, you hate this. You hate that, don't you? <laughs> if I did... If I didn't grow up with an appreciation for the, there was a stool store right by our house, and my mother would always make the comment as we drove by, like, "Oh, we should stop in there see if they have samples." <laughs> yeah. And so, regardless of its meaning, it holds a special place in my heart. I like that a lot. <laughs> there it is. Nope, there it not is. It. Okay. Not it. Man. Declined. I'm uh, very curious of what this is. Stay Very. tuned. Yeah, I'm tuned. I'm tunaged. Uh, any news of Chad and Biff, Frank asked. Mr. Hardy shook his head. The police have found no trace of them. Mm. If only we knew where to start looking, but we haven't a single clue to go on. 
The state police are searching too, Mr. Hardy told them. A lead may turn up before the day is over. I have to mention it, he added. But the boys might have been kidnapped. So to be on the safe side, there will be absolutely no publicity. How? What does that mean? Yeah, this got underlined for me. I would think publicity would help. Well, like, I would agree with that. But putting up a missing poster for these kids <laughs> makes the it closes the kidnappers' options. Yeah. Like, in, unless their their plan was before, like, hey, there's no publicity. We'll assume that their parents and their their friends. The reason we're kidnapping them is because their friends are detectives, and their dad is a famous detective, and they've wronged us inevitably. Yeah. Because like, that's the plot of all of these books, <laughs> and and we'll assume that they're just. They just thought, oh, yeah, they went camping early and never gave it another thought. They left their car there, probably assumed it didn't start. So we're going to go to the store and take Biff and Chet with us because that's what we do. Yeah. But, oh, wait, no publicity. Now we'll tie them up somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's idiotic, Sean. I don't get it. I don't know if it's a thing where – I don't know. Fenton's telling them, like, no publicity from you guys, like – I'm going to do the publicity run, you know? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll I, talk to the news. He's still wearing his robe, but this time it's his publicity robe. <laughs> it's, it's got like little star-shaped mirrors on it. So when the light hits him, they just glimmer to where he's just surrounded by stars. Like a star filter in front of your camera you is know, what I'm going for. I got to imagine that's what he's he's wearing. But then when it's time to actually go on camera... He takes it off to reveal that he's wearing the pirate costume again. <laughs> Just full, beautiful, velvet pirate gown. What are you doing here? I'm going to solve a crime. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't really fit the motif of a pirate, does it? Norp. But you got to understand, it's a pirate's life for me. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. He just cuts like... The, there's a boom mic above his head, and he cuts the wire, and it just lifts <laughs> him up into the sky. <laughs> but just like the smoke bombs before, it just picks him up, and now he's like 30 feet off the ground, but he can't go anywhere. Yeah, he's he just, just stuck there, hanging by this giant belt, like he doesn't know what to do. Little it's help. like, good thing it's extra long, and he starts like letting it down, but he's still like 25 feet, and he's like, well, I guess it wasn't long enough. <laughs> Gotta gotta get these longer. Really thought people wouldn't have looked up and then left. (laughs) Turns out they're all just staring at me. He reaches into his pocket. He starts pulling out, of course, his pocket marshmallows. So he just starts dropping (laughs) them on the ground, hoping that they'll just congeal into one giant marshmallow (laughs) crash pad. Has anyone invented a microwave yet? (laughs) Peeps! Peeps! Uh, good idea, Frank agreed. Even in the Born Identity, they're like, <laughs> yeah. release the pictures. Yeah. Like, Bourne Jason Bourne is already on the run. Real. Yeah. Release the pictures. Then yes! everyone can be helping you look instead of you looking undercover. Right. It does this not, is a bad idea. It does not make sense, okay? This is like the, the Chewbacca defense. It does not make sense. The South Park reference. I apologize. Yeah, I yeah, I know you do. I knew you would know, but our audience. You don't got to tell me, man. 
Uh, what about the sleuth? <laughs> Joe right, asked Joe. finally. And yeah. it says Joe asked finally, which means that he's been thinking about this. And it's the whole, like, you know, actually, <laughs> so Chet I and Biff are more easy. Frank's friends than mine. Yeah. <laughs> I just hang out with them. And if you think that's that's it on the boat and the questions of the boat, you're you're mistaken. No. Uh, so Coast Guard hasn't found it, Mr. Artie replied, and there are no leads on the bank robbery either. Oh, yeah, because that's a thing. Yeah. How about the stolen car? Frank queried. Who owns it? A man living up the coast, his father answered. It disappeared day before yesterday while he was at a boat regatta in Northport. A boat regatta? Joe murmured. <laughs> Where have we heard of one lately? I don't know. How many boat regattas are you hearing of? I mean, you were almost, you almost hit one. Remember, boys? That's why your <laughs> boat's broken. Yeah. Uh, at the Coast Guard station, Frank prompted, that's it. Seaman Thompson thought the boat that tried to ram us might have come down from the regatta in Northport. I knew that when I looked up, when I eventually looked up, you would just be done for. I know it's underlined. You don't have to tell me that you underlined the Coast Guard's name. It's such a terrific sentence. Everything about it and your pause was legendary. I would have made it through if it wasn't for that pause. Ah. Oh, looks like Northport might furnish a lead to more than one mystery, Frank declared. Let's take a run up there and see if we can pick up a clue. If I go up the coast, I want to go in the sleuth, Joe answered firmly. <laughs> we must find her. Remember, he says this. your friends are in a trunk. <laughs> yeah. Enough about the boat, Joe. <laughs> At this point, this is where everything just... It, you know, it just becomes perfect. At this point, Miss Hardy brought the discussion to an end by setting before each boy a stack of steaming, golden brown pancakes. And I only imagine she walked in and she said, remember, boys, silence is golden and so are my pancakes. The fact that it ends the discussion makes me think like the scene in like a high school uh, drama movie or not drama movie like a high school comedy when like the hot girl comes in and like music starts and everyone yeah. in slow motion just yeah. like camera All of a pans there's a fan. up everyone's hair is blowing yeah and everyone's just like you know you see the oh wow yeah. that's what's happening we're like they're in the middle of this discussion and all of a sudden <laughs> Doors open from the kitchen, steam comes out, and there's Mrs. Hardy walking, and they're just zoomed in on those pancakes. Oh, What's wow. the fast time at Richmond High song, the pool song? Yeah, that's what I'm going what, for. This is How does that go? This is Phoebe Pancakes coming out. Phoebe Pancakes coming out, yeah. And you know the steam rising from that pancake just is raising every hair on everyone's body, and yeah, oh, yeah. it does give The that kitchen wind windows effect. are steamed up. Yeah, it's every everyone's just sweating. People are taking their shirts and like fanning themselves. Mr. Hardy <laughs> takes his glasses down, looks over him like, Ooh. Yeah. 
Daddy Lake. (laughs) 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 All right, yeah. And then the boys are slightly upset. We're like, this was almost perfect, Mom. And then the song kicks back in. (laughs) The the door kicks back open again. And here comes Gertrude. The song doesn't kick back in. The song plays in its entirety, fades out. (laughs) And then starts up again, and the whole sequence repeats for Gertrude coming through. Go ahead. Aunt Gertrude came in behind her with a block of yellow butter and a tall pitcher of maple syrup. And that and syrup know, is just, just like, it's so buoyant when she walks in slow motion. Like, it keeps almost going over the edge. <laughs> and everyone's just every, like, their mouth oh. is dropped. Like, oh, is it going to go? <laughs> And when they pour it, it's definitely being poured from a height of at least three feet. <laughs> yeah. They're not just bringing this thing up to the stack. Oh, yeah. They're slanging it around the room. It's like a car wash of syrup. I, I pictured her with a fire hose. And she, like, takes the pitcher of, of syrup and puts it really high up. And the boys is, like, shaking her hair like, you want to see me do this? <laughs> you want to see me do this? And, you know, she puts the hose in, and just like any water tower, she she uses the height as pressure, and it siphons down this hose, and she pulls out a fire hose, and she just... just the boys were ready with, pancakes. like, plastic, like at SeaWorld. <laughs> yeah. They just know it's syrup time. They got raincoats on. Yeah, it just hits. There's a sign now that says, you know, pancake batter splash zone or something like that. Sean, this is a skit. I don't know why we're not making this our Hardy Boy, you know, short film. I I haven't said we're not. This is good. Okay, good. This is a great one. This isn't. This is fantastic. I'm excited to cast Laura and Gertrude. Yes, yes, specifically Gertrude. Yeah, she's just gonna kill it. The syrup maid. The syrup maid. I'm a syrup maiden. Um. You need your strength, and for goodness sake, find those poor lost boys. Okay. Uh, And then Mrs. Hardy begins, If we can help, Mrs. Hardy began, Thanks, (laughs) Frank said. Brutal! And what you have to remember is that Mrs. Hardy is a full-grown woman. She's a grown-ass woman. Yeah. And Frank is a teenager who's convinced himself that he's a detective. (laughs) And for, like... Everyone else in the room just has to be like, oh, Frank, Jesus. Frank, come You're on, so... man. You did not just I mean, do that. you have to look at it in, in the same way that, like, if an eight-year-old were to, like, lose something and be like, do you want me to help you find your marble? It might have gone under the couch. Like, no, Dad, I can do it. <laughs> That's exactly what's I happening here. Like, myself. you know that they have the power. Well, well, you know what happened next? What happens next is Lara turns... And shoots Frank a look, and her eye, those those brows just start wrinkling, and then the song <laughs> kicks in again, and fire <laughs> just forms in her eyes, and she turns into Cyclops from the X Men, and it's awesome. <laughs> and it's awesome. That's I hope when you write awesome. this, that stage direction is in there. <laughs> this happens, it and it's was awesome. Awesome. <laughs> that has to. I don't know what just happened. Is this it? This is not it. Uh, After breakfast, the brothers hurried to the garage. 
Uh, and they get on their black and silver motorcycles. They head out. The riders headed out the shore road past the private docks. You could just say they headed out the shore road. We get it. We get it, Leslie. Those docks are private, man. You got it now. It's the crucial details. They drove past their gymnasium. Down past the private docks. Black and silver motorcycles past through the private docks. Through the local docks. mall. They just uh, <laughs> blues brothered it through the the, uh, the rich part of the mall, I guess. That's where I was going. Illinois <laughs> Nazis. <laughs> I hate Illinois such, Nazis. Such a great movie. Um, One of the best. So they're they're driving along, driving along, and there's no sign nice. of the sleuth. Thank you. Um, finally, they reach the head of the bay, and they could uh, see only the the green rollers of the Atlantic as they broke into foaming white along the sand and rocks. Nice. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's that's details that we enjoy. Yeah. I'm glad that they did not add like and there was a man in a robe. <laughs> Doesn't affect the plot. No. Doesn't affect the plot whatsoever, no. but there it is. <laughs> um, they see the squatters colony ahead, and uh, and then they look down. Look down there, Joe called out suddenly. He had caught the glint of sunshine on a familiar hull. The, the sleuth. sleuth. It was stranded on the beach. By the way... A hull doesn't look familiar. That is the most unrecognizable part of a boat. That's the part that's underwater. I thought they were <laughs> talking not... about the hockey player. I didn't know that was boat related. <laughs> well, they're just like, I'd old Canadian Brett, Hull Brett Hall's just down there. Like, hey, guys, is this the sleuth? They... <laughs> I, saw the, I, I saw the missing poster. They looked and saw Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I know them. Hey, on a boat. Hey, I had your Sega Genesis game. <laughs> was it 96? Uh, or 97, I forget. By I the way, we're back to the mistake that we were so excited about in previous chapters. I know. Of, I they me put out. the illustration before the action has happened. Yeah. And so I looked and I read this and I'm like, oh, somebody's going to fall off a cliff now because there's a picture <laughs> of somebody having fallen off a cliff. Yeah. Which made it great to realize, oh, is this going to be like him trying to, I don't know, help his brother down the cliff? Because I didn't read it. I just saw the image. So I thought like, oh, he's going to give him a hand down it. But to find out, yes, the dingus just <laughs> just falls. Yeah, It's great. This is the best part of this chapter. Um, so to summarize what happens here, um, Frank leans over the edge. A mass of loose sod and stone give way, and then he slides downward, desperately grabs hold, fingers clawing, uh, grabs onto a, a slab jutting out just below the lip of the bluff. His body hung a hundred feet above the rocks and sand below. Now, what was his plan? That's if the I, sod didn't slip, he had just said, like, wait, here's a place we can go down. Yeah. But it's a 100-foot drop. That, I know. How I thought was it this was the like place to go down? A 20-something foot, you know, hill that they could walk down. But, yes, this was a 100-foot straight-down drop. I mean, you're not Tom Cruise. This is not Mission Impossible 2. You are not just free-climbing that. 
In, I mean, unless in their deep, deep, deep pockets they have parachutes somewhere, this is <laughs> yeah. a bad idea. Well, we just found out that Joe was a member of the Bee Gees, so maybe he has some parachute pants. There you go. Well done. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Call back. <laughs> hey oh. Hang on! <laughs> Joe shouted and whipped his extra-long leather belt from its loops. Lying flat, he inched downward over the cliff edge until he could pass the leather under Frank's armpits. <laughs> I'm ticklish, Frank shouted. <laughs> he, <laughs> he slid the end through the buckle and pulled the belt tight. Now, be before we proceed, this isn't possible. No, and I don't tell know you, what's I'll going on here either. From a measurement standpoint... Yeah. Regardless of the belt, let's say the belt is a 40-foot belt that's perfect for something <laughs> like this. Let's say it's this thing that's wrapped around Frank's 19-inch waist it's, it's three times. It's the intestines of belts. He's like, if, if we have – if our large intestines are that long, our belts should be too. Yeah. Yeah. And they so should be made his, out of his, someone else's large intestine. Yeah. Um, but go no, to the but, physics. Break so it down. he's hanging from a slab which is – jutting out just below the lip of the bluff yes so by hanging he is hanging arms straight from something that's just below the lip of the bluff now how can joe get close enough where his arms can reach let's say they're the exact same length as frank's arms <laughs> then yeah. they're reaching not quite to his shoulder <laughs> Because of the, the distance between the lip of the bluff and the thing that's jutting out. So how is he getting something down and around his brother's shoulders if he can reach it's unless Frank has like foot long it's arms? It's his neck. And Frank then, is just making this like circular thing and he's like luring it down. He's like, You got a thick neck, Frank. Don't no, don't. <laughs> don't do this. No, do it. It's okay. Trust me. And he starts prying his fingers. But the other thing is, how long is this belt? Because let's also speculate that Joe's waist, the younger brother's waist, and we've seen illustrations. They're, they're trim boys. They're similar. Yeah. Let's say that it is the exact same uh, circumference as yeah. Frank's shoulders. Yeah. Which I think Frank's shoulders would be – like Frank's chest would be bigger than Joe's waist, especially where they For wear sure. their pants in the 60s. Yeah. So how much extra belt is there that there's enough to fit around a much larger area <laughs> and then have enough to take back up on top of the cliff to really get a good grip on and pull? I don't get it. I don't buy it. So let's see. Three, this... six, probably – yeah, that would that would easily for it to work like it does in here have to be about a 12, 12 footer, easily. Yeah, like no doubt. How this many, is why they how have many wraps belts around now. your. That would be, for most people around their size, four wraps around your waist. Yeah, and I I hope that it's like in uh, in the beginning of Pootie Tang. When he when he whips somebody with the belt and then just in one smooth motion feeds it back through all the loops and around his waist and re this is like a slap bracelet of a belt that Joe's been wearing. Oh, now that's a, that is a scene. I am all about that. Uh, so 
Joe squirms back, braces himself, and for one sickening moment, Frank swung like a pendulum beneath the cliff. (laughs) And with all of his strength, Joe jerked the belt again, and a moment later, helped Frank clamber to safety. Whew! That was close, Frank said, gasping. It hadn't been for you. Better leave the boat, Joe panted, retrieving his belt. <laughs> Which is gonna take a good forty-five minutes to coil up. Which if he if he took off that belt and it needs to be wrapped around his waist four times, how loose are his pants? And if you're gonna take <laughs> off that boat, yeah, Frank's let's go down the pants. Yeah. <laughs> Frank is just confused because he comes up and yes, he's his bottomless brother. And now he looks around him. He's got this long anaconda of a belt wrapped around him. Like, what is going on? And Joe's still just talking about the boat. Speaking of, so the brothers uh, leave. They go to the Coast Guard uh, and Lieutenant Parker. Oh, go ahead. I'm just laughing at this line that's coming up. Uh. So Lieutenant Parker gets a patrol boat, and they're going to go out to get the sleuth. Um, The beach uh, was a whitish line on their left. Soon it broadened, and the tumble-down buildings of Shantytown came into view. Wait. Wait a minute, Frank called out. Can we slow down? What's that white thing floating in the water? A dead fish, suggested a Coast Guardsman. Which I love that. I love that this man is just so like dead set. That's a dead fish. That's <laughs> like, a, I, I I know dead fish. That's a dead okay? fish. That's a dead fish right there. It's a sign. Chet Morton sleeps with the fishes. <laughs> the patrol boat throttled down and slid nearer the object. Leaning far over the side, Joe lunged and scooped it from the sea. Stop leaning far over yeah. the sides of things, boys. Yeah. Have you learned uh, nothing? What is the, the back of the boat? The rudder? Is that what it is? The little spinny thing? The propeller? The propeller, thank you. I imagine the propeller is just right there, and it's like just a, a Brian De Palma film where it's like such tension as he's like inching towards <laughs> it as he's leaning closer, and you're just like, is it going to happen? It's like in Hot Tub Time Machine where you're waiting for the for the lady's yeah. arm to get cut off and it yeah. just it's never not the happening. lady it's crispin glover oh it is crispin glover you're yeah. right we've talked That's about right. this on the podcast it's i think creep. more than once <laughs> I know, it's a great scene well i think that scene is indicative like the whole movie that that recurring theme of like we know he loses his arm yeah when does he lose his arm when and how and, and there's so many moments in this book of like we know this is going to happen it's just a matter of when of when yeah um, it's good tension But leaning over the side, this isn't a fish, he cried out excitedly. It's a rubber mask turned inside out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a fish. That's a fish. It's an inside (laughs) out fish, boys. Let's go. (laughs) It starts filleting the fish or the mask. (laughs) Just eating. (laughs) He's like, he's so dead set, like. I'm not going to let them prove me wrong. Yeah. It's like that. There was that Bring episode. Bring me the salt. I eat this kind of fish all the time. <laughs> it's There's this show on Netflix. It was a skit show. And I forget what it's called. Like I now think you should leave. I think you should leave. What's the door? I know we've talked about it before. I'm like, you know, it, it's actually. And this one goes both pool. ways. I was, I was here last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As so, he spoke. His fingers moved nimbly. In an instant, a limp gorilla face appeared. 
not worried at all. No forehead lines. <laughs> Very limp. Yeah, yeah. This belongs to Chet, Frank exclaimed. What you called. You called when that mask got ripped. Yeah. And yeah. we've never done this before, but the first sentence of the next uh, chapter is like, you're right. Here's here's the rip. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there it is. <sighs> there it is. Classic Hardy boys. Classic Hardy. Oh, and that's the end of the chapter. And that's the end and of the if, chapter. If it wasn't that's obvious by me saying the first line of the next chapter, which I don't know why they didn't just end it with that line. Like, let us leave knowing it is Chet's. Yeah, that doesn't add anything. Like, that's no. how you can make sure it's Chet. Yeah, exactly. Or put that before it. Like, he unfolded a gorilla mask that had a rip in it. This belonged to Chet. There it is. Boom. There's the ending. See, we're so much better at cliffhangers. Oh, my God. David, my friend. This is the call. It is. This is Sean. 10 a.m. David, are you free at 10 a.m.? Yeah, I am free at 10 a.m. We can do 10 a.m. Anything's fine. We can wear anything. Yes. We will see you there. Yes. Thank you. Good night. David. Yes. We might have ourselves a little appearance. Oh. Oh. Who is it? Who is our guest of I'm gonna, honor? No, it's we are going to be guests on someone else's program to oh talk goodness. about our program. Get out of here. But I can't say the details on this podcast because we'd have to embargo the podcast. I don't know when this thing is going to air. Yeah. But it's happening. And ah. so I will give you the details as soon as we're done recording. But suffice it to say... Things are going to be huge. Good things are on their way. Oh, Sean, you don't. Strange dog. things are afoot at the Circle K. <laughs> what is that? Uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. Man, I'm so upset with myself right now. You know what? I got the poster right behind me, too. They don't say it on the poster, though. You're, thank you, Sean. I really appreciate that. Did you watch the new Bill and Ted? Not yet. Ah! I, I grew up so watching good. Bill and Ted with my brothers and my cousin Scott. And yeah. so we've all decided that we're going to save it until we can enjoy it together. Good for you. That's awesome. I love yeah. when people show restraint like that. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm Thank very you, proud David. of you. Yeah. You needed it. <laughs> I don't have anything else, man. I don't either. And it's on you. Is it? Yeah. Oh. I, I had the worst sign-off of all time last week. I don't know how you could forget that. Oh, yeah. That was awful. Yeah. That was really bad. I know bad. it was. They've all been bad for me this season. I'm going to rut. I'm going to sign off rut. You got to believe in yourself, David. Yeah. You know, it's the first thing they say about believing. You know, you got to do it to yourself. You know, I'm just I'm just sitting here trying to stall. I'm thinking about pancakes and and maple syrup. Pudding show mayor, actually. I mean, that's we talked about that last week. And, you know, she comes out holding that big old batch of pancakes, golden brown, delicioso. Devin Sawa. <laughs> yes, when Sean, we the, get the, to <laughs> chapter seven. <laughs> no, no. 
<laughs> yes! <laughs> it ends there.